Please take up your Bibles or the Pew Bibles there before you and turn with me to the book of Proverbs. Today we are in Proverbs chapter 2. We will read the first 11 verses of Proverbs 2 and and learn from that. Um, If you are following along in the Pew Bible, it is page 986 in the Pew Bible there. Um, Just a reminder, as we looked at the beginning of chapter 1 several weeks ago, we saw that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and that the book of Proverbs is given to us for understanding, for insight, for for knowing how to walk in the fear of the Lord in this world. We looked at some warnings against being enticed away from the way of wisdom or from the way of the parents teaching. We looked at a warning last week against rejecting wisdom too long, which will bring eternal consequences with it. And so today we begin to look at some earthly benefits of wisdom. As we look at verse uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. So read with me. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear toward wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. And if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding. And if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair and every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Let us pray. Our God and Father above, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for wisdom. We thank you for the fact that you teach it to us. Lord, guide us today. Open our eyes and our ears so that we might see you, so that we might hear what you have to say to us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If we were to look at the first uh, five books of the Bible, we would see that it is a, a covenant document. A covenant is the means by which God governs and sets out the relationship that he has between he and his people. What we don't often think of as a covenant is a book of Proverbs. We oftentimes look at the book of Proverbs as just a collection of sayings, earthly sayings, as we looked at before, that are very much like parables, earthly, earthly stories, earthly sayings with a spiritual meaning that leads to a righteous walk upon this earth. But Proverbs is not merely a collection of random sayings. It is as much a covenant document as the book of Deuteronomy, as the book of Leviticus is. But it looks different for us, so we don't always see it that way. First, we know it's a covenant document because it is included in scriptures. And so is a portion of what God has revealed to us as the covenant between he and his people. The second way we know this is that the name of God is revealed to us in the book of Proverbs is the same one that is given to Moses in the context of the covenant in Exodus and in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. 
It's that name Yahweh that we see given to Moses when he asks, who shall I say is sending me? It occurs 87 times in the book of Proverbs. Although if we're just reading through it, oftentimes we miss it. And thirdly, we know that it is covenant because while it may not be in a form that we're used to, there is law and command in the book of Proverbs. If this passage that we're reading through today had been written in the Pentateuch in the first five books of the Bible, we would see the thou shalts and the thou shalt nots of the Ten Commandments of the law. If this passage had been written by one of the prophets, we would see the words thus saith the Lord or some form of that to either open or to close this particular passage. But law and command shows up differently in Proverbs than it does in the rest of the scripture. And in this particular passage, it shows up in conditional statements or if then statements, if you will. In computer programming, as the code is written, sometimes there are these choices that you are given to make and the code. One line of code says, if Y is pressed, the next line of code says, then do this. And that is what we have here in today's passage. We have three conditions and then two consequences or rewards for those conditions. So today we're going to look at the three conditions under the heading seek diligently and the rewards as the gift of wisdom. First off, seek diligently. There are three conditions that we are called to follow in this passage and we see them in the English translation by the word if my son, if you accept my words, verse three, if you call out for insight and verse four, if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure. And we see these three conditions that are listening attentively, prayer and diligent search. First, how are we to listen attentively? We see these four verbs in verse in chapter two, verses one and two. We are to accept the words. We are to store up the father's commands. We are to turn our ears and apply our heart. These are taking the words that the father has given to his son and internalizing them for the means of acting upon them. Remember, wisdom is not merely a gathering of facts. It is acting upon the information that we have been given. It is living according to the rules that the father has taught the son. Bruce Waltke um, compares this to riding a bicycle. How do we learn to ride a bicycle? Do we just study the physics of the the circular motion of the wheel, the torque that goes in through the the pedaling and the turning of the wheels and the the balance given in a gyroscopic system? Do, Do your parents give you a physics book on how to ride a bicycle? No, they set you up on the bicycle. They hold the back of it. They begin to push you and they tell you pedal and keep the keep the handlebars straight. And then when you don't realize it, they've let you go. And you are taking the risk of of applying that information of pedaling and keeping the handlebars straight. You're taking the risk to learn to do those things. We must I, I have to admit the first few times 
that my father told me to keep pedaling and keep the handlebars straight, I did not listen well. And what do you think happened? Thankfully, there was grass on either side of the sidewalk and the the road rash was not that bad. But finally, I listened attentively. I accepted what he said as truth. I stored it up. I treasured it. I, I turned my ear to the to the commands he continued to call out and I applied them to pedaling and keeping the handlebars straight. And then the road turned. And dad hollers, turn the handlebars now. And I did. And I eased my way around the curve and straightened back up. And I was on my way. I listened attentively to what he taught me. We see this in Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is a long poem praising God's word as a means by which the psalmist is able to bear up under negative circumstances. What does the psalmist say of God's words in verse 11? He says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Our father in heaven has given us his word and we must treasure it. We must accept it. We must turn toward it and apply it so that we will not sin against him. The second condition that we are given here, the second if statement relates to prayer. Look at verse three. If you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, not only has the father and mother taught the son the wisdom that he needs to live life, they are reminding him that there are times when he must cry out for more wisdom or for clarification of wisdom. This is that this is that portion that that stage in a person's life where the parents are allowing them to go out to go on and and make their own decisions. But sometimes they get to those decisions that are cloudy, that are murky, that are confusing, or sometimes life is just hard. And the son must cry back out to their parents. What do I do now? Help me out with this. Parents, hopefully that is a, an opportunity that we have as our children grow. Children, don't forget the, the wisdom that your parents are seeking to teach you. And when life gets murky and difficult, call out to them for insight, for understanding. But on a spiritual level, we cry out to our Heavenly Father through prayer. We talk about decisions that we want to make in God's will. And sometimes it's difficult to make those decisions in God's will. And yet if we cry to him, as James said in our reading earlier, he will hear, he will give wisdom to those who are undergoing the trials of life on this earth. The third condition we are given is a diligent search. In verse four, the father tells the son, If you look for wisdom, understanding and insight as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure. Now, the silver that he's talking about here is not silver that you would stumble on in a mine. This is not silver. I don't know if you can pan for silver like you do for gold, but it's not silver that you just happen to find in its raw form. The silver that he's talking about here is silver that has been refined, had the impurities taken out. And is either available in ingots or some other valuable form, maybe a maybe a silver uh, statue. The idea here is that this is a treasure worth having. Think of of Jesus words 
where he talks about the kingdom of God being like a man who looks for a treasure. And when he finds it, he goes and sells everything that he has and buys the field where the treasure is so that he may have it. Sometimes our parents have taught us everything that they can. They had given us all the advice that they can, but we still don't quite know the best course of action in our life. And so we must we must search for that course of action. We must diligently look for the answers that we need. And when it comes to walking with God as well, he has given us his wisdom, both in the world around us and also in his word. And sometimes wisdom doesn't just come to us directly. Sometimes we have to search for it as we would a treasure in a field. Sometimes we have to dig through the scriptures to say, God, how would you have me live? How would you have me walk with you? God doesn't always reveal it in the way we want. Sometimes it takes work. Sometimes it takes effort. Sometimes it takes a diligent search. So we seek diligently by listening attentively through prayer and through digging through the revelation that God has given to us. And if we do these things, then what does God promise to us? He promises us two things in the gift of wisdom. If we do these three things, there are two related rewards. The first we see in verse five, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God for the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful. So if you listen attentively, if you pray And if you search diligently, then God will give you understanding and knowledge. What will he give you understanding and knowledge of? First of, he will give you understanding of the fear of the Lord. Now, the fear of the Lord is beginning, is the beginning, is the foundation of wisdom. We learned that in verse seven of chapter one. But notice here that the fear of the Lord is something that is given to you as well. When we first come to that place where we fear God and seek to live according to the way that he calls us to live, we must understand that that is a gift from him. But we grow in that as well. We continue to grow in our fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is is living in such a way that we seek to love him, to obey him, to worship him, to reverence him. And to live according to the holiness that he calls us to. There's a a reciprocal relationship there. He gifts us to it. He gifts it to us. The fear of the Lord. And then we fear him and seek to fear him more. And he gifts us some more. And there's just this cyclical relationship between our fearing God and seeking to fear him more. And him honoring that seeking by giving it to us. But he just doesn't help us understand the fear of the Lord. He helps us find knowledge of God. This word knowledge, as we find it in the Bible, is not merely facts. But it's a relationship. 
It is knowing things about God that lead us to love him, that lead us to seek to be close to him, that lead us to seek to be closer and in relationship with him. God is doing the work to reconcile us to him. How is he doing that? He's doing it initially through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Who lived a reconciled life with God. So that we could too. He also uses the Holy Spirit in that. Because as we are reconciled with God. We are called to be more reconciled with God. Now our standing before God in Jesus. Cannot change. We are holy. We are chosen. And we are beloved before him. And yet our fleshly self. Still seeks our own desires. Still seeks at times to turn our back on God. And so through the Holy Spirit, we continue to work to grow our fear in God, to grow our earthly reconciliation with God so that we might be there with him. So what does this reconciled relationship look like? First, God gives. God gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. These are discernment words. These are words that where we look at God's revelation, both in his world and in his word. God gives us the ability to choose the right path, to choose his wisdom. Our relationship is marked by God holding us in verse seven. It says he holds victory or literally he holds sound judgment in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. As we continue our journey through the book of Proverbs, we will see that the the metaphor, the imagery of the path is very important. When we come to a saving, reconciling knowledge of God and of Jesus, we are placed upon a path. And the temptation is to stray from that path. The temptation is to turn our back on that path and go back to the path that we were on, the journey that we were on before Jesus. But God holds us to that path. He keeps us blameless on that path. And he gives us the sound judgment whereby we may Continue to walk in him. Brothers and sisters, what a glorious knowledge that is. How often do we get down on ourselves because we have stumbled off the path, or at least we think we have. But our ability to stay on the path is not up to you and me. It is up to God and to God alone. We have a savior who sits in the throne room of God, who stands and intercedes for us and who has paved the path and put the walls on either side of it so that we cannot fail to reach our appointed end. It's like Pilgrim in Pilgrim's Progress repeatedly took the wrong turn on the path, ended up in the slough of despair or in Vanity Fair feeding his desires. And yet every single time God came, corrected and disciplined him and reminded him that that was not the path for him. I will put you on the path that will lead you to the celestial city. (coughs) We know that God will keep us on the path and we will meet our appointed end. And thirdly, God guards says he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. He keeps the lion from prowling. He keeps us free from the attacks of the evil one. He protects us and leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
So the first reward for meeting the conditions is a reconciled relationship with God. The second we find in verse 9 through 11. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair. Every good path for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to you. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. What we see here is that we receive from God the tools necessary to continue that walk in the fear of the Lord. He gives us knowledge of what is righteous. He gives us knowledge of justice. He gives us knowledge of uprightness or fairness. What did Adam and Eve seek when they ate the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? They sought the means by which they could determine what is right and wrong for themselves. Brothers and sisters, that is not knowledge that you and I can handle. We were not designed for those God level decisions. And so when we are reconciled with God, what he does is he gives us the knowledge to know what is right, what is wrong, what is just and what is fair in this world. He gives us the knowledge necessary to make the decisions, to walk the path, to treat our fellow human beings with dignity, with honor, with respect, to choose between God's way and the world's way. All of those things are gifted to us. If we but seek them diligently, if we but pray for them, and if we but listen attentively. We are called to seek diligently for the wisdom of God and God will gift us the wisdom that he promises. Are we storing up? Are we treasuring the word of God in our hearts? Are we like the psalmist in Psalm 19 who says that God's words are sweet as sweet as honey? Are we like the psalmist in 119 that said, I store up your word in my heart. Your word is like a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We start with Bible reading. We start with prayer. If that's not something that is a regular part of life, I encourage you to make it a regular part of life. Search, listen attentively to the things That God has given to you in his word and in his world. Pray to him and seek wisdom from him. And search his word diligently for the answers that you so desperately ask. And God promises this. If you do those things, he will respond to you with a reconciled relationship and with wisdom for the path. Let us pray. God, what wonderful words, words that we take for granted. We we have such glorious access in our culture, in our country to your word. And yet we take it for granted. We don't treasure it. Help us to treasure your word. Help us to store it up. Help us to hold on to it. What great privilege we have in prayer to approach your throne, to to seek your favor and your will in prayer. Help us to do that well. And finally, help us to dig for the answers that you would have for us, for the wisdom and discernment that you teach us in your world and in your word. And then remind us that you do gift us wisdom. 
that you honor that search, that you show us what it means to fear you. You gift us the ability to fear you. And you show us the light for the path. Lord, walk with us in wisdom and show us your way. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.